0: Peace. Peace. Is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Brought to you by Carter's Subaru, Volkswagen, and Acura. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. And Brooke Ward. You are And Brooke Youard. Now, here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Solve. Yes. Hi. Hello. It is the Brock and Salk Show. Sales Sports on 710, salesports.com, and the Seattle Sports app as well not a friday it kind of feels like it should be friday doesn't it yeah this whole idea of like a full week like who's who, what i don't well brady's the reason for me it's feeling like friday we have brady henderson yeah i know brady's gonna be in for a while we're gonna play a little which is better i got some tough questions for brady today and which is better some but like questions. what are we what are we doing like it, it, why do we work five days in a whole week whose voice is that is that mora what more oh, yeah, I know. She made it in time today. I was thinking about more this morning because <laughs> I woke up when my alarm Still. went off. Yeah, I was actually a little uh, bit I when my too. alarm went off this morning and I was struggling to get up. I was like, I mean, I could just not get up for another hour, show up and have to sing and like everything would work out fine. I'd gladly sing for another hour of sleep right now. Yeah. So... You uh, you Ugh. feel well, Did you did you not sleep as well last night because you were dreading the idea? I definitely woke up quite a few times yeah. before my alarm. Went like, off. please don't sleep late. Please don't sleep late. Well, as much as I'm sure you were stressed out about it, excuse me. Yesterday, uh, people just absolutely loved your performance of Chop Suey. Uh, they just I'm thought so it I was glad I could surf. Four two five. First text of the morning. Maura gets an A plus plus plus. For that legendary performance, wow. Yes. Did you see, Justin, can we agree that Twitter X, whatever you want to call it, is like the worst hellscape? <clears throat> it's like, you know, turned into 8chan. Like, it's just terrible. Yeah, it, it's definitely turned into a dark, dark place. It's a terrible place. The pandemic really did it. It really did it. Like, it just ended whatever enjoyment there was there in in that Format, but I I saw Mora's post yesterday. She just said I was late to work this morning, and then it has the video of her singing. First of all, nearly forty thousand views. But what you've got to see are the responses. I mean, honestly, it is just one after another after another of people that were just so into her performance. It's the most supportive I think I've ever seen Twitter about University. anything. I loved, yeah. I'm surprised it didn't go as viral as Stacy with her uh, mom's uh, raccoon. They say in Steph Brothers*, a songbird of our generation. I mean, yeah. it seems like yeah. maybe that's where you're at. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, you, <laughs> if you guys missed it, you can follow uh, follow more on 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 the old X platform. Best thing people have seen, or, or sorry, some people are saying it's the best I've ever heard on the show. I was like wow, that's yeah. Well, certainly the best of, singing. Years of content. Yeah, I mean, think about who sung on the show. Me, I can't sing. Justin, true. you I did get, a good did. job. Maybe they didn't hear Devil's Haircut. Well, it's kind of a sing-talk. It's back. Right, really that's true. Yeah, I mean, and and so was Chop Suey in its own way. But I actually thought the best part was a Morris like sang-sang, like when she got to the <laughs> singing part. I thought it was sort of like her strength. True, it yeah. is. I think I heard a little vibrato in there. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't really know what that is, but I, <laughs> I think I heard some. It seemed like you were really going for it. Vibrato or vibrato? Yeah, I don't know. Vibrato, I think, right? Okay, I vibrato? You should send it to Serge. That's I all know. I know. Yeah, Serge would appreciate that it. That was pretty good. Yeah, but somebody should send it to him. See what he thinks. See if he see if the, when he wrote it, that's what he was hoping it would be oh used for. So All right. All right. Thoroughly
1: uh, embarrassed. Let's move on.
0: I don't think you should be. I, I'm not saying this to embarrass you. I'm saying it to, to straight-up compliment you. Uh, Brady will be in today. I, uh, I went up to the, uh, to the hockey game last night, which was great. Um, I, I tell you, Pledge Arena is really nice. <laughs> Well, just in context of after you just having been to that other arena, too. Yeah. I mean, you start to get used to it, right? Because, you know, however, the last 10 arenas I've been to are all Climate Pledge, right? Going to Kraken games, you know, kind of over and over. And thanks to to my friend Chris, who has season tickets, and often he needs somebody to go with him. So he'll shoot me a note, and I'm almost always, like, trying to say yes, because I love going to hockey games. My Probably my yeah. Along with baseball, but probably my favorite sporting event to attend. One of the great things about hockey games is they're short. Like, they don't take very long. Like, yeah. you go to the you game, watch the them action is perfect, and two and a half hours, you are out. So, you know, it was great last night. Just a really enjoyable, fast-paced, crack-and-played great, But I'm just walking around, I'm like, gosh, the 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 the, the building is just stupendous. It is gorgeous inside. And yeah, hey, I was down in uh, Phoenix last week f- to, to see the Eagles concert with my dad, and you know the footprint center's fine, but seeing it next to to our building, it's a dump. Don't compare. Yeah. It's a, it, it, it right. honestly, it looks like a dump. Like the linoleum floors in the in the in the concourse, and just like the old school, like right in a row, like you know one one. Uh, one uh, uh, shop next to another, whatever you would call those little restaurant things, right? And it's just like, oh, this is so lame. There's no creativity. There's no nothing. Contrast that to walking by like the living wall, like the the, the green living wall outside. Was that the symmetric Club or the other one? Waffed Wafed Club. Yeah. You're just like it's insane. I can't believe that's the building we get to go to, to go to games. And I'm sure, you know, within a year or two here, we'll get an announcement as soon as it's done, uh, as soon as the NBA gets its uh, gets its national TV deal done. Right after that, we're going to get an announcement that the NBA is expanding to two more teams, and we're going to hear that Vegas and Seattle are those two teams, and they're going to be playing basketball in that building within a couple of years. So just a, just an absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal building in every way. And uh, it was just great good, being you down there. Good game to go to. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> break the stream. I texted my buddy beat afterwards. A, kind of a beat up team. Yeah, I was like, hey, thanks, man. Thanks for taking me to the game, and I'm glad I finally got to see. I think that's honestly the second Kraken win I've ever seen. So it's fault I've been to like 25 <laughs> games. I saw them win in the playoffs that big game six, and other than that, I think that might be maybe I saw one other. They never win when I go, and it was nice to see them sort of blow everybody out. And he wrote me back and was like, yeah. We should schedule every game against Chicago. Like they stink. <laughs> Let's just play the Blackhawks every time, and the Kraken would be fine. All right. Uh, I didn't want to talk about uh, about the coaching search for like every minute of today. So there's a, a little uh, a little reprieve from it. Um, do you realize? And we're going to do more of this tomorrow. We're within three weeks of spring training. Yes, I just do the math on this last night. We're less than three weeks uh, from spring training. Yes. So- It is coming up real quick. we got to get our flights booked and all that. For those, uh, we should announce it officially. We are going as a show to spring training, all four of us. Uh, We will be down there the last week in February, which is like the week of the 24th, I think it is, 26th. That Monday through Friday, we will all be down there. Uh, are you guys prepared for for another full week? Is there anything that you're most looking forward to doing on another trip more? This will be trip two for you. What are you most looking forward to going back to uh, to, to Phoenix and doing?
1: I mean we're well, watching baseball first and foremost oh, and I'm hoping what it'll be a little warmer.
0: Yeah, last year was cold. I mean, we need to go back to Culver's. Yes. Oh, see, so I was kind of curious whether that would be on your list to go back to. I honestly think I might have liked the burger better than the fish I think that's too. fine. It was very butterburgers good. are great. The butterburgers burgers yeah. are great. Are you hoping that maybe this year you'll finally become the Culver's model that you were hoping to yeah. become last year? I think maybe they thought we were making fun of them. Because right wrong. after they right after they asked if they could use the picture, I was like, look, guys, I made it. And then they never used the picture. <laughs> I was excited. Is there anything that you want to make sure you do this year that you didn't do last year? I mean I thought we I thought we packed in everything pretty full. I just went on like a I I found a hike on my phone after you well I think you guys had already left at that point our last my last day there and went on like a a really mini one close to our house. I'd like to go on like an actual like a real hike. Yeah. yeah. Cuz yeah. I know there's some pretty areas. Well, and that's the time to do it because you don't have to worry about snakes. Like that's the problem with going on uh, hikes in in the Phoenix area. Later in the in the year, is you got to like legitimately worry about snakes. So anyway, we'll be doing that in just a couple of weeks. I would I would really like the Mariners kind of like you know finish up their roster. Yeah, so it feels like they've just kind of walked away from the chessboard. It does like, a little bit. A minute, like wait a, minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like guys, let's let's finish this up here. Like I like. I keep saying we're going to do a, a, a segment and maybe we'll do it tomorrow. So I should say tomorrow, Shannon is going to come join me for a while. So I'll go through this with her. I want to kind of grade the Mariner offseason. And I think I've said this before. I think it gets two different grades. Like I think you get an overall grade for the offseason and a Jerry Depoto Justin Hollander grade for the offseason. Their overall okay. grade for the off seasons like a C minus yeah. D plus, and you've been saying you were like I'm going to hold all judgment until the off yeah. over. Well, that that's it's that just about coming. over, right? And so my overall pick, you know, my overall grade on this off season C minus. Ugh, I mean, oh, you I can't, can't tell that. me they look significantly better than they did a year ago. There's nothing particularly exciting. I like Mitch Garver. I think that's a good addition, but it's hard to take it seriously when it comes with the subtractions that went with it. I like that they have modestly improved their their lineup without trading any of their young pitchers so far. Like, I think there's some real positives. But overall, are they significantly better than a year ago? No, not really. So it's like a C. It's somewhere between a D plus and a C. So I'm going to give it a C minus. And you could kind of talk me into a C, and you could probably talk me into a D plus. So overall, that's a C minus. Not a very good grade. But if you were to ask me to grade Jerry Depoto's offseason, you know, since the since his comments taking that out, taking that out, like just okay. his just okay. what he's done, you know, in terms of of deals, it's like an A minus. Is it based on what he's? Yes, the the purse strings are allowing. Yes, okay. He's managed to improve the FanGraphs win total by two wins while saving thirteen million dollars. So his like the the job he was asked to do, he's doing incredibly well. But to grade it in 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 terms of totality against the other thirty teams, twenty nine teams, eh? C minus. Yeah. So it's a really it's a really weird sort of back and forth way of looking at it where I do have some some legitimate sympathy for Jerry and what he's accomplished given the parameters that were put on him. But when you include those parameters, eh, it's hard to get too excited. Not to say they're gonna be bad. And by the way, I think if they had come back and rolled it back out with the exact same lineup next year, they would have had a better season than they did last year just due to regression in a positive way. But, you know, Haniger's fine. Garver's good. Maybe Urias will be better than people think. There's some reason to believe that. But, like, overall, it's really hard to take seriously the idea that they're going to be significantly better than they were a year ago. All right. Uh, you'll hear from KJ coming up in 20. You'll hear from Brady Henderson for a good portion of the show. We'll come right back. It's Brock and Salk Seattle Sports on 710seattlesports.com
1: need to know 15 minutes past
0: every hour with brock and Salk. here's what you need to know up first well you can take jim harbaugh off the board he's officially landed in los angeles and will assume the role of head coach for the chargers huge coup for a franchise that hasn't really had a ton of success but also lets harbaugh start off with a top quarterback right off the bat oddly it does mean the coach for both teams that played in the college title game are now both out of those jobs isn't that weird two weeks later. I can't think of a time that's ever happened in any sport where the two teams that play in a championship, both coaches are gone by the time the next season begins. Seems incredibly unique. Meanwhile, in Seattle, continuing to just kind of plod through this, methodically interviewing candidates. Mike Kafka was in yesterday for a second look. In fact, according to Tom who joined us yesterday. There's not even a leader in the clubhouse. I mean, I would say it is truly open at this point. Um, you know, John Schneider's waited 14 years to run a coaching search himself. He's, you know, always prepared to be able to move forward here. And I think that they kind of really value within the organization the opportunity to get a lot of different perspectives. I mean, Pete Carroll's, you know, a, an all-time great coach and he won a Super Bowl. He's won, you know, obviously at the college level as well. Consistently, the Seahawks were one of the best teams in the league. Um, and, and you heard that, you know, from Schneider at the press conference talking about how they got a clear directive from ownership to keep that positive culture and the things that, that Pete has built. Yeah, well, maybe that is why the uh, coaching a list kind of candidate list looks the way it does. But as of today, we continue to watch and wait as they go through their process with only four jobs left across the board. Here's the second thing. You need to well, know. Well now that we know Beltray, Helton, and Maurer headed to Cooperstown, Mariners fans can understandably looking ahead to next season as a big one. Each and Felix both gonna hit the ballot for the first time. Each no doubt, surefire, possibly unanimous Hall of Famer, one of the best of his era, single season hits leader, all time hits leader when you take in his time in Japan, just an overall living legend who dramatically changed the game. He's in, obviously. How about Felix? Certainly, at a period of dominance, was one of the best of his generation. He's not going to have some of the counting stats that starting pitchers often need, which is why John Morosi wasn't so sure. How you compare, for example, Felix Hernandez when he comes on the ballot a year from now—brilliant peak—but obviously the injuries caught up, and so he didn't compile the numbers that you typically see. Uh, what kind of support will he get? Yeah, you want my you want my take on this? It's very similar to my take from yesterday. Screw the stats. Screw them. Who cares that he doesn't have the counting numbers? Let me ask you this, was Felix Hernandez one of the dominant pitchers of his generation? Yes, he was one of the dominant pitchers of his time. He should be a Hall of Famer. He was more dominant and a bigger name in the game of baseball than Todd Helton or Joe Maurer. He's a Hall of Famer. Put the guy in, this is just, it's driving me nuts. This whole idea that like, wow, we have to look at the counting stats and how long did you do it? like. Yeah, all right, there's got to be some level of length to it. The guy got hurt. Oh, maybe one or two years isn't enough to get you in. He had a 15-year career. He came up when he was like 19 years old. Put Felix Hernandez in the Hall of Fame. He probably won't get in next year. But overall, that man's a Hall of Famer. Here's the third thing you need to know. No, dominant win for the Kraken last night. They dropped a sixth spot on a pretty bad Chicago team. Out to the points We're now for Rakowski with a shot. Score! Schwartz crossing in front. Suit up in Seattle. Yeah, it was the call on TNT. That was Schwartz, but throw in two for Tatar. One for Wenberg, one for McCann, one for Tanev as well, but it was Joey Decord who was just spectacular in net. It made a huge difference also having Vince Dunn back on the ice. I think there's a reasonable case to be made. He's the best player on that team. When he is in there and doing everything he does, physicality, moving the puck, playing defense, setting up offense, he really has come into his own, I think, in the last year or so. I know he wasn't their all-star representative. That was Bjorkstrand. But Watching the games this year, I think Dunn is offensive been their best player so good stuff that's everything you need to know we do a quarter past every hour here on the brock and salk show i don't think there's a goalie in the league that enjoys playing the puck more than Joey Decord. Yeah. Like, it's insane. There was a play last night where somebody flipped it in high. He looked like Julio going back on a ball in center field. He wanted to catch it so badly. He's out <laughs> practically to the blue line to make. Like, that guy just does not want to sit still. He reminds me of Ron Hextall. That's probably the best comp. He's not quite as insane and, like, looking to fight everybody. But other than that, he is as close to Ron Hextall as any goalie I can remember. Hextall he is was my favorite. He was pretty fired up when they announced the stars of the game after the game. Oh, was See, I yeah. took off a little early because I knew that. they were going to win. Did he eat the I fish? Like yes. They did a fish eating contest uh, between the second and third periods with two guys who came out mm-hmm. and threw fish into the into a truck. One of the guys terrible. I mean, just like no arc <laughs> at all. He kept hitting like the tires. Like, dude, you got to put some arc on that fish. This is physics, it's basic physics. Here, I mean, the other guy hit every shot until Bowie blocked him once, and this dude's just eating fish straight into the tire. <laughs> like, Come on, man. At the end, they gave him a consolation prize. I was stood up, and I was like, don't give him anything. Just send <laughs> him home did. with nothing. <laughs> send him home with a fake fish. That guy can't eat. You're heckling a man probably in front of his children. Well, Maura, trust me, if you'd seen how poor he was at this, you would have heckled <laughs> him as well. All right. Uh, KJ's coming in next. Make sure you stick around for a full half hour with the great KJ Wright taking us through what he would do in this coaching search, and then Brady Henderson will join us for a nice long chat. Stick around. It's Brock and Sal, Sports on 710. This this is Brock and Salk back in mornings from six to ten on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Salk, who sing this song? Ready or not, Fugees? here I come. Okay, You can't hide. I would just had to wait I had to get my mic on there. Sorry, Lauren Hill. Salk's pretty good. At okay, this game. I'm just <laughs> checking. Jeez, <laughs> you know what? You know what's I, wrong with Proz? You know what's going on with Proz right now? Proz? Yeah. Oh, you don't know about Proz? Well, sorry, you're gonna ask me if it's the Fugees. <laughs> I assume you know who Proz is, since he was one of the guys in the Fugees. Oh, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> wow, how the tables oh, wow. are turned! It's only Watclef John, and Lauren Hill, and Proz. He's the third member of the Fugees. <laughs> never right, heard ne- of him. What do you mean you never heard of him? <laughs> like Tito Jackson? <laughs> no, Proz is a big part of the Fugees, and he's recently been arrested. And I believe I don't don't quote me on this, but I believe he was actually convicted of being a spy. He's like a foreign operative uh, spy who was caught and has been, <laughs> yes, tried, and I believe convicted. I just was reading about it the other day. Learned he was in the Fuji's and then he became like a Chinese spy. Totally insane. Interesting, Are dude. you looking it up, Justin? Yeah, he was in, in April 2023. He was found guilty of 10 criminal counts at <laughs> the U.S. District Court for charging his <laughs> he can't travel internationally. Oh, yeah. Dude, it's crazy. Absolutely Whoa. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so don't test me on the Fugees. Nah, That's, set up. That's enough out of that. Nah, I set myself yeah, that was, that was, You're in a bad spot now. <laughs> that was very embarrassing for you. All right, let me uh, let me ask you this, because we've been having this big debate uh, over the last few days, and I wrote about it at sealtosports.com last night, uh, about the importance of X's and O's for a head coach. How great do they need to be with the X's and O's? And it, 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 I wanted to ask you about your experience with Pete Carroll, John Gruden, and then Rich Piasaccia. Um, in terms of how much you saw them scheming, yep. h- how much in how much interactions would you have? What were your interactions like with them? Mm-hmm. And how much of an effect would they have on the weekly game plan and et cetera? Rich, Bis- Rich Basaccia, Rich that was my interim
1: coach with the Las Vegas Raiders. We didn't have any of it. We didn't have any any of it. He was more so of um, uh, this is the this is what we're gonna do, this is how we want to attack. Mm-hmm. He's more of an emotional. Type of, of leader when it comes to running the team. And when he took over he was a special teams coach beforehand. Special teams
0: coach. Okay, so he wasn't yep. coming From an offense or defense background mm-hmm. anyway
1: Yep, John Gruden, obviously all Offensive guy and um, he wouldn't Come up there and necessarily go over The X's and O's, but he would show Film on what he wanted to do It wasn't like tr-
0: both the offense And the defense? Mm, Just more for the offense Right, more so often. Right. <laughs> so, so when he's the Offensive coach and essentially the play Caller on offense, what is that Like on the defensive side?
1: It's it's fine. It's fine. We It's an understanding. It's an understanding that he's going to be on that side of the ball. He's not going to have anything to do with us. He's going to coach up Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs, mm-hmm. and we're going to do our thing over here with Gus Bradley and Richard Smith. Do you feel like he doesn't even really know who you are at that point? I mean, like, do you feel like you have no, uh, 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 less of a bond? The only connection that we, we have is a shaking hands during team stretch. A shaking hands during wow during all that. There's, there's no, that must
0: have felt so weird for you after a decade with Pete. Yeah, it's completely different. <laughs> completely different. <laughs> You're like, hey, what's with the coach? How come he never, how come I
1: never say hi to the guy? Yeah, he'll come say what's up during team stretch, but that's about five seconds out of uh, seven days a week. Wow. And yeah, it's just it's what it is. It's football. It's business. Right. You do your job, I do my job. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then what about with Pete? And with Coach Carroll is the way that Coach Carroll would approach the game plan is he be like okay. This is what this team does. Well, this is what th- this team struggles with This is how we're going to try to attack them. We're going to go at this position. We're going to go at this position KJ we're going to need you to you know stay on top of this guy It would be more of a holistic approach to how we're going to attack the team. It wouldn't be narrowed down right right But um, I'll tell you this Malcolm Smith um, We all know Malcolm Smith played for the Seahawks, but he went to San Francisco And he would describe their team meetings with Kyle Shanahan. Rich Sherman told me this, too. He would say they would just know every single thing, like the the detailed team meetings that he would take Mm -hmm. with those guys. He would say they learned so much just about ball, just about the X's and O's, just about why are we doing this? Why are we running this play here Mm -hmm. against this defense?
0: And did you feel like that wasn't really the case here in Seattle? Mm -hmm, No, no, not at all. And that's fine. And is that and just to to follow up, is that because of Pete or do you think and and his general culture or do you think that was because of Ken Norton or, you know, any of the other defensive coordinators Mm -hmm. you play for like whose role would that have been? That that role,
1: in my personal opinion, is it, great if it comes from the coach. But that role is to come from the coordinators. Okay, that is to come from the DC and the OC. When when we're in the team meeting, that's everyone in there. And um, if you necessarily just go into the fine details of offense, defense, special teams, you may run out of time. You can talk about that till the cows come home. But um, just talking to those guys, that's something that he really implements yeah. in his team meetings. And this is how we are going to learn about our opponents. We're going to run these
0: certain plays, and they'll show tape and yeah. why we're attacking this team this so, way. So the reason I ask you, and, and we've been sort of having this conversation for the last week or so, is, you know, for the most part, the guys that are out there as options for to be the next coach— are coordinators right now. Mm -hmm. And other than, you know, Dan Quinn or Raheem Morris, who both did it as a head coach at some point, or maybe Mike Vrabel, if that name ends up surfacing here, the other guys, the only thing we really have to judge them on is their coordination. How were they as a offensive coordinator in Detroit or defense coordinator in Carolina or whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be? And it's easy to kind of, I think, get caught up in the X's and O's and how great they are at scheming because that's all we really know about them on the outside. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that those are the things that are necessarily what John should or could be looking for in terms of who should lead this program moving forward. It's, and it's, and Salk, I want both of them. I really, I want. You want the X's and O's and the and the
1: leadership. Heck yeah. Heck yeah, I want both of them. I want the leadership, but that X's and O's. Like I'm a, I'm a football nerd. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm an X's and O's type of guy. I truly believe scheming people up, putting guys in the right position, seeing a weakness in your opponents and exposing them. I really believe with a fire game plan, with a really good. This is what we're going to do. Week in and week out, like week in and week out. Like you can change stuff every single week. To expose your opponents. And I believe you get the right brain in here, the right mindset, the right staff you can do some
0: damage. So, I guess well, that's interesting because I I I've been downplaying the Xs and Os a little bit. Not saying it's unimportant, but just putting it maybe a notch below the leadership, the communication, the relatability, yeah. maybe even the ability to hire other great coordinators because I think you can get that from the coordinator yeah. position. Um but but certainly I don't mean to minimize it and say it's not important. Yes. How do you how, you know, does it need to come from the head coach? Or can that come from whomever the head coach hires? Does what exactly need to come? I guess from? the scheming and X and O brilliance that you're talking it, about. It, it doesn't need to come from the head coach, but the
1: head coach needs to make sure that the coordinator he has he has to have that. Yeah, I, I think with this day and age, with the explosive of these quarterbacks are, with as good as the way they are protecting these guys, the way that we see the NFL wants to see all these points. You need to find someone to slow that down. You need to find someone to, on the opposite side of the football, to put those points up mm-hmm. on the board. And um, it, it won't just happen by accident. You got to do a lot of homework. You got to do a lot of research. Understand how guys are going to attack um, on, on, on their side of the football
0: and just, just make the right hire. Make the right hire. It's a tough gig, man. Uh, John John Schneider right now has, in some ways, the best job in the world, and in some ways, the most difficult. And, and oh, trying to go I through all these stressed. candidates. I know he's stressed, right? Yeah, and and just let's just talk. Shane, can we talk Shane Waldron for a little bit? Yeah, let's do so. So Shane Waldron, in case guys haven't, uh, you guys haven't heard, he does end up uh, going to Chicago. He's going to be the new offensive coordinator there in Chicago.
1: Okay, so when it comes to hiring coaches, we heard. Shane Wadron
0: because of the tree he came from. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? I think it's part of it, yeah. I mean, certainly. And I, you know, I believe that he was hired to sort of be a compromise with Russ. Russ wanted to cook a little bit. Pete wanted to run the ball. Mm-hmm. And they tried to find somebody that would appease Russ. And yes. I don't think it ever really ended up being a very good natural fit with Pete.
1: Yeah, so understand this. When you are hiring a quarterback's coach or running back's coach to take that next step to calling plays— to scheming guys up, to to really controlling the offense, you're taking. You're, he, he doesn't have any experience with it, right? You're taking a risk, you're taking a chance, and and so you have to understand that with a, a coach, with a coordinator coming in here, right, to becoming a head coach, it's the same thing. You're you're taking a risk, you're taking a chance because he doesn't have any mm-hmm. experience with it, right? And so what I want to see is a coordinator, right, to come in here and just really just, just structure this team properly, you come in and you still call the plays. A head coach, a coordinator that comes in with a head coach, I want the coordinator to still call the plays. You see what D'Amico Ryan's doing. Mm-hmm. You see when um
0: Kyle Shanahan. He's became, oh, you want the head coach to call the plays, either okay. on offense or defense. I want the head coach to call the plays. Hmm, why? Because I, I it feels like that would be even more, like they, ha- they have so much Else to do and so many difficult decisions to make anyway why do you want them calling plays in the first year yeah uh, in the first year in the first
1: year when you get here call the dang place hmm. I want you to do it I don't I don't want you to come in and just hand it off to someone new I want you to groom the next coordinator that's going to call the place hmm. I want you to teach him your style I want him to watch you and how you move and operate I want you to be the play caller and the head coach. Don't just come in here, just be the overseer of every dang thing. No, I'm trying to win ball games. I need, I need them X's and O's that I hired. I need them X's and O's. I need your brain on Sunday. Yeah. Don't just let your brain go to waste and just try to lead and throw a challenge flag. Interesting. What do coaches do on, what do head coaches
0: really do on? Well, they have a lot of decisions to make about, you know, fourth downs and challenge flags and timing and timeouts and some of that stuff. That happens about Six times a game. Well, they better be ready because they seem to screw it up a whole lot. Them other <laughs> them other them other 40 plays, yeah. I need your brain um really working and, I gotta tell and, you, man. And, and I'm plays. so sorry, but I I I feel like you have really, really hurt your credibility today. People are very upset with you in this text line here. Talk, let me they know. are just taking shots at you left and right. Stalk did not just take KJ to school on hip hop knowledge. KJ doesn't know who Prazz is. Okay Is Cliff Is Mike B Available on Wednesday mornings oh, What no. is happening oh. here oh. fight no, Them fine words Who, yeah. who said that Say uh, name. I, Who <laughs> sent? I mean someone in the 206 I'll read this one Just please bear, bear in mind I'm reading this KJ when you're done With the show today The black community Would like a word <laughs> Getting owned by Salk on rap Is unacceptable <laughs> How are you gonna Handle this Like are you gonna Be able to continue uh, On with your life
1: After today
0: oh. Yeah, you got, me, you
1: got me there. I set myself. That's what I mean I tried you really be, did. It was you know,
0: super embarrassing. I was trying to be mean to you. I know. And you see how karma got me in like five seconds. K, that five hundred three says K just trying to test private school white kid hip hop knowledge. Huge <laughs> mistake. <laughs> don't you know how integral hip hop was for early nineties college prep high schools? Yeah. What
1: is the text line saying about
0: the new coach coming here? Oh, they college? don't care about that. They only want to make fun of you for not knowing ghetto superstar and pros. Uh, what are they saying? You know, we took calls for a while yesterday. And um, I think the most common names. I just ask people to call up and give a name and one sentence as to why. Who do you want? Give me one sentence as to why. By the way, if I ask you that question right now, you, you, you want me to ask you the question? me uh, who, who? Give me one name and why. Give me one. Give me. Give me the name you would like to be the Seahawks head coach and one sentence as to why. Oh, there's so. Oh I know it's hard. It's hard, man. Who would you like?
1: I told you last week. I still love Dan Quinn. Still on Dan Quinn. I still love DQ. But it seemed like by the
0: end, you were pretty well convinced on either Vrabel or Harbaugh. No, I wasn't. No? Harbaugh, yes. Okay, not Vrabel? Not, very okay. not Vrabel. Okay, that would be my answer right now, because I think Harbaugh's going to end up going to... You uh, can go to the Chargers. It no, looks Harbaugh's like going that's going to get done today. So my answer right now would be Vrabel. If you ask me, I would say, I want Mike Vrabel because I think he brings the relatability with the players. He's played recently and seems to have that communication skill, leadership skill, but also has sort of that line of scrimmage identity that is exactly what the Seahawks have wanted to be for quite some time do his players like him I don't know. I, I I mean we talked to Ben Arthur today. Do you remember Ben used to cover the yes, Seahawks news here? Yeah, so he's a good dude. He's in um he's the in Titans. Tennessee. Yeah. And so I asked Ben about that today. He sure seemed to think they did. He said that he did a great job of putting his players in the best position to succeed and that while he can be a little gruff, he's not Belichick gruff. Yeah. He's he's played, he played somewhat he played recently. Yeah. His quote was the players would run through a wall for him. Yeah. So I would say he he if anything, he really oh yeah, KJ's he's not sure, sure about that. That's what he said. That's what I said. You know people over there? I know people that know that's not that's not
1: the vibe you get. Some guys love him. Will Compton, everyone knows Will Compton, busting with the boys. Will loves him. Will Mm. would run through a brick wall for him, but you know, but there's but there's others who would not, you know, you know. All right, you just just got it. Um, but but yes, who's your so your answer is Dan Quinn DQ because oh, because. Obviously, because I'm biased. Let's just let's just be <laughs> let's just let's just be let's just be honest. When right. I get on this microphone, yeah. Let's just be honest. I but I love Dan Quinn as a person. Yep. When he did in Dallas, it really sucks because one game that one game broke it. it really just ruffled people's feathers the wrong the way. The Super Bowl, or you no. mean the Super Bowl or the Cowboys game, Cowboys Packers ah, game. Yeah. Yeah. Just. Everything is under magnifying glass in Dallas. Everything's bigger in
0: Texas. The way they got put up, 48 points on them. Uh, from Dude, what is going on in Dallas? Have you followed any of that story with everybody's like wife, sister and mother and brother taking shots at each other in Dallas? CD Lamb's mom is saying Dak ain't it. I saw that. And then Dak's brother is saying Cowboys are the worst. And I want to get out of here. Who else was in it yesterday? I think like, they were all like, f- they're all feuding with each I, other. I, there.
1: I, I played with a guy in Vegas and he said, it's not about football in, in Dallas. He said, it's not about football when it comes to the Cowboys. He said, there's so much distractions wow so much drama and it's Jerry's world. It's Jerry's world And until Jerry Is like Removes himself From mm-hmm. the
0: organization Which will never happen They're going to be In the same debacle Each and every year So you, you asked What the people are saying And Dan is, Dan Quinn's not been A very popular choice I yeah. and And I think It's just It feels like Safe It feels like Settling a little bit It feels like Going backwards To some people I think it feels You know That Cowboys game The last game Did kind of hurt That image Of what he's done And the fact that You know they didn't have a lot of success against better quarterbacks this year. He did yeah. really well, but has struggled with Shanahan, struggled with McVeigh, mm-hmm. uh, lost that Super Bowl. A lot of the credit for that Super Bowl is now even or getting there, has gone to Shanahan. I I think it's just like that that story here in Seattle is not playing nearly as well as Ben Johnson and Mike McDonald, who I think are right now the two most popular candidates if if Jim Harbaugh and Mike Vrabel are out. And I can't fight that.
1: I cannot fight those facts. I cannot fight that those opinions when you look at. Who's in the NFC Championship? Who's in the AFC Championship? You want a piece of it. Mm-hmm. You you want a, you want that a part of your city. You're part of your team, and if those two guys do come here, a, a lot of people will be happy. I, I, w- I would love it if, if one of those two
0: guys came. Yeah, me too. But I have no idea if they're good leaders. I have no idea if they're good at building culture. I, I have no idea. I don't know anything. About, nope, and most of us don't because yep. all we know, I know Ben Johnson's a damn good coordinator. Mm-hmm. I know he got the most out of Jared Goff and that offense, and that looks a lot like the offense I'd like here in Seattle. I know I'd love to have that Mike McDonald defense right now here, but I don't know whether they are going to lead a program the way Pete did. I may be reaching with this.
1: Bear with me here. I may be reaching with this, but I was talking to someone yesterday, and I would love it if we could have film on coordinators running meetings. Mm-hmm. I would love if I could see a coordinator running a Saturday night meeting or a Wednesday um, game plan meeting. I would just love to see if the NFL allowed. Um, this is this tight. It's yeah. super tight. No one gets this. But for... When they ready to get ready to get hired, teams could see this. Teams could evaluate how they speak, how they stand in front of a room. And I just think that would just be golden. I think and, you'd
0: want to see the the root uh, like you'd want the wide shot, the reaction shot as well. Yeah. What do the players look like while he's talking? Yes. Are the players engaged? Yes. Or is everybody kinda of nodding off in the meeting? Yes. Right? Like what what I think that you're absolutely and, right about that. And and the film, it
1: is it is Fort Knox. It is G fourteen classified. No right. one has access to this until they request it. Until right. you request Twist, mm. um, four weeks of Belichick would get
0: it he'd, already have, <laughs> he'd be like look I already have that film I don't know what to tell you I already got that film yeah. Um, yeah. No I, I think you're right about that And it's one of the reasons yes If they end up going with one of those guys I'll be excited and if they end up going... To, the other name that sort of intrigued me a little bit is this uh, Azir Averro from, from Carolina who was in Denver before that and just talking to Tom Pellicero earlier. He said, look, this dude is super impressive. And the fact that his resume isn't the best coordinator on the best team, like that's in, that's generally how NFL teams yes. choose their next coach. Yes. Who's the best coordinator on the best team this year? Okay, let's get him. Yes. And I, I think that's a terrible way to choose I a agree. coach. I agree, If they go with a guy like Avero or maybe even this Patrick Graham who's in uh, Las Vegas, Vegas. Uh like the fact that they're not the big name, the fact that they're not the obvious choice Mm. would tell me that they blew John away to such an extent Mm. that he had to hire them, that they were so impressive, that they were so good. That's how Mike Tomlin got hired in Pittsburgh all those years ago. That's how Dan Campbell... Got hired in Detroit a couple of years ago, and we know what kind of success he's had. Yeah. Um, who was the other example we came up with of this? Well, um, well, there's here, been a couple others where you, you just go outside the board, like that guy, and it really works out. And, and here's the thing, though, Salk.
1: when you make a hire, you have to. I'm not not appease everyone, but when you bring in someone, when you bring in a new quarterback, when you bring in like you want every not everyone, but majority of people to be like, oh. To, to be a part of the energy, the positive mm-hmm. energy buzz, the support from the players, support from the fan base, support from the building. And so to go and make a reach like that. I know.
0: It's hard. It's, it, it's, it is hard. But if you get the guy, if, if Avera really has that pull, has that magnetism, is that sort of a presence that when you're around him, that's what Mike Tomlin was. Nobody thought Mike Tomlin was going to get yeah. that job when Cowher left. It mm-hmm. was supposed to be Ken Wisenhunt or I forget the other guy. And they went outside the box. They went with a guy who hadn't even been a coordinator. And they're like, yeah, let's bring him in. He's He's a leader. Mike Tomlin wasn't a coordinator. Was not a coordinator. Jim John Harbaugh had been a special teams coordinator. Was not offense or defense. Dan Campbell not a coordinator. I think he had been a tight ends coach. Like those guys. Even Andy Reid, when he first became a head coach, had not been an offense coordinator. He Hmm. was an O line coach. Like Belichick's exactly the opposite, right? He was a brilliant defensive coordinator before anything else. But I don't know, like that. Me me, me and my style talk. Me and my
1: style. Um. I'm, I'm like a, I'm I'm a safe guy. I'm, I'm a safe guy. I'm I'm not too aggressive in life. When I go to the casino, I put about ten fifteen dollars on each thing at the craps table. Right. I don't get too crazy. No. I thought that was because you were cheap. I'm not too crazy and I'm cheap. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if he goes outside the box uh, with a guy,
0: let's get it. Let's yeah. let's roll. Let's let's make something happen. What does it mean to be G14 classified? uh Oh, I got him. What is that? Ah! I don't know. Oh, that's rush hour. Dang, yeah, I didn't get him. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's rush hour. Where's Fort Knox? Huh? Where's Fort Knox? Where's Fort Knox? Yeah. Tennessee? I think it's in Kentucky. Kentucky? All right. I, I mean, there's basically the same thing yeah. Tennessee. Yeah, Kentucky. I could, yeah. I could be wrong too. Yeah. 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 It's Kentucky. Yes. KJ, that's it today. I'm sorry you've been embarrassed. I, I feel really bad for you. You on shouldn't have did me like that. Uh, I, I mean, you you tried to do me. What are you doing? You mean? tried to <laughs> trap him. You tried to get me, and I you put me in a corner, and I just came out. You know, scratching and clawing to dig to myself back out. I thought you was
1: going to like Praz was like a, a, a musical you know, 80s know band. You don't know
0: Superstar? You know that song? Justin, know we know have Gato some Gato yeah, Give him some
1: Pros before he leaves. Give poor So K- if I play Ready or Not, I could hear Proz rapping on there?
0: Somewhere head. on there, I think. Yeah, I mean, but you know. You know the song, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's i Well, not singing Well, That's, that's Odie B, too. Right. Uh, ODB and Prowse are right. right. ODB and Prowse. Right, you got me today. I'm going to get you next week. ODB not a spy, though, I don't think. No, Can you imagine ODB so. is a spy? He'd be all over the map. You'd know, have no idea who he was working for. Hide in plain sight. <laughs> That's for sure. Who's <laughs> a spy for which country? Uh, I think it was China, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. Some foreign government. Right. I don't know. KJ, thank you. I'm, gl- I'm glad we had this talk today without Brock. It was a very different version of the KJ Wright show, but we'll yep. do it again next week. By next week, we'll be getting ready for the Super Bowl, mm. and uh, maybe the Seahawks will have a coach. Who knows? We'll, uh, we'll we see. We shall see.